Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study together the Prophet Zechariah, that's the Navi Zechariah, chapter 11, Paragir Aleph. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast. In chapter 10, we just studied um, the vision of Zechariah of a new world in which both Yehuda and Ephraim, both the northern and southern kingdoms of the old first temple time period, they will both come back to the land of Israel and they will be God's weapons, so to speak. But they will rule the world through allegiance to God as opposed to ruling the world with weapons. And ruling the world in such a way, not ruling in an oppressive way, but bringing the message of allegiance to God to the entire world. We also saw how God lashed out against the corrupt leadership and he made it clear that he was going to punish the leaders and save the flocks. So remember that metaphor of the leaders being referred to as shepherds and the people being referred to as flocks of sheep, which we will see again in this chapter in an even more um, obvious way. Uh, we also saw how God was going to gather his children from the corners of the earth, and um, we will... Um, Again, see that in chapter 11. And again, Zechariah is summarizing here some of the ideas which we studied uh, when we learned Isaiah together, where Yeshayahu, the Navi Isaiah, talked about a day in the future of redemption, a day where the entire world uh, has a unity of purpose in worshiping God together, however, and a day where people understand um, the ideas of ethical monotheism, that what God wants from us is to be good, um, empathetic and um, just and kind people and honest but we also learned that those that do not humble themselves before God in this future day will be destroyed we did also read in Isaiah of God's wrath in that future and we'll see that again in Zechariah as we have seen before and we'll see it again as we read through chapter 11 so let's start chapter 11 Petach Livanon Dilatecha well I, I wanted to explain also that what you find, the way I'm going to be explaining chapter 11 is true to my mission, which is of letting the prophet speak. I'm trying my best <coughs> to stick to the words of Zechariah and allow the Navi to speak to us rather than have us um, ex- uh, kind of interpose our own thoughts and ideas onto the words of Zechariah. Uh, and therefore, the result will be very different from some of the traditional commentaries uh, and you'll have to just follow along with the way I read the words, and um, hopefully you will appreciate um, what I have to say. Petach Lebanon Dulatecha. Lebanon, Lebanon, open your doors. Vitochal Eish Ba'arazecha. When you open your doors, what will happen is fire will consume your, your cedars. Now, why would Lebanon open their doors and why would fire be consuming their cedars? What is this verse talking about? So the idea here is, I believe at least, that just as God spoke before in the last chapter about how people, the people, the other nations of the world, all of the nations of the world need to open themselves to the presence of God. We started off the last chapter with You need to ask of God. You need to look towards God when you need 
help. This is opening the doors. And when you open your doors to God, then the arozim, the cedars, which here represent the leadership. And you're going to see in a moment, if you have a question, if you don't find this, uh, if you don't believe me, you'll see it very soon, how I can prove to you that this arozim here refers to the leadership. Zechariah, just as he said in the last chapter, was emphasizing the leadership and the corrupt leadership and how God was going to punish the leadership. He's saying the same thing here. If you open your doors to God and you allow God to influence and be the true ruler of your people, God will then come and destroy the leaders. Heileel birosh, kinofal erez. The birosh is a kind of tree often translated as a cypress or maybe an oak, but it's another kind of big tree be, cry out, because the cedars have fallen. In other words, all these mighty leaders, look around you. The leaders, the corrupt leadership are falling. Because those, those great, powerful, mighty leaders, they've all been ravaged. They've all been destroyed. This is another kind of big, mighty tree. Also, some often translated as an oak tree. The uh, alone, the oak trees of Bashan, of the land of Bashan, Cry out, ki yorad ya'ar ha-batsir, because the forest, the forest which was batsir, which was mighty and strong, like a, like a bitzaron, Zechariah used that term several times, like a mivtsar, a fortress, that the, the mighty forest with the mighty trees were so strong, they will all be destroyed. Kol yililat this is the proof that indeed the crying out of the mighty trees is referring to the leaders because it is the sound of the crying, of the wailing, of the sobbing, of the ro'im, the shepherds, which as we have seen, means the leadership of the people, because their greatness and their their power it has been destroyed and, and, and pillaged. The sound of the roars of the young lions is, 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 has been quieted and this is clear because it has been destroyed it has been pillaged what has been pillaged? the gaon, the pride gaon virtually always in the prophets means the pride, the arrogance of the people that live in the land around Jordan around the Jordan River so the pride and the arrogance of the people has been cut down the Ro'im, the leaders, have been cut down. That is what the first three verses of this chapter are referring to. Ko Amar Adonai, let's look at verse 4. So says the Lord God, Elohai, my God. So this is uh, Zechariah the prophet talking, uh, saying over what it is that God says. So what does God say? Re'ei, I want you to lead the Tzon Ha'arega. I want you to lead the sheep that are set for slaughter. These sheep are set for slaughter, and I need you to lead them. I need you to guide them, God says to Zechariah. I need you to be the guide for these sheep because they're heading to slaughter. Why? And we'll see soon, because their current leadership, or the leadership that preceded you, was corrupt and bad. The leadership that led them to the destruction of the first temple, the leadership even that may lead them now, is no good. I want you, Zechariah, my prophet, to be their leader. They have led them to such a depraved state, as we see, in and and such a state of corruption and such a, a, a right that right now, 
those that buy the, these sheep, Yahargun, uh, can kill them below Yeshamu and they don't suffer, they don't suffer any guilt, right? Because nobody cares about the people anymore. Nobody cares about the Jewish people. Their leadership have sold them off. And those that say, Baruch Adonai, blessed is God, Vashir, I'm going to get rich on buying and selling these people. In other words, the leadership have taken advantage of the people to the extent that they don't care anymore that they are oppressing the people as long as they get rich off the backs of the poor. And their leaders, they have no more, they have no mercy, they do not care about the people. Because God says in verses, because if it continues and the people start to follow in the ways of these leaders and they all become corrupt, I am no longer going to have mercy on these people. Zechariah is standing now at the point of the beginning of the second temple period. He's looking at the people. They have a chance to earn redemption if they go on the right path. And in order to go on the right path, they need the right leadership. But if they don't, God says, and unfortunately, as we know through history, through the second temple period, there may have been some potential at this point, a huge potential for redemption, but they didn't take that path. They took the other path. So the second temple, several hundred years later, descended into chaos and destruction as well. So God says, because right now when I'm sitting here talking to you, God says to his prophet Zechariah, I will no longer have mercy on the people that dwell in the land. I'm looking at you now. You're the ones that came back from Babylon. Most of the people didn't, but you came back. You're here. I'm telling you, if you follow in the directions of the corrupt leaders and not... And, and Zechariah doesn't take charge, I will no longer have mercy on you. I am going to leave you to your own devices. I am going to make each person put them in the, in the, in the hands of the other people. In other words, I'm going to allow you, if you want to go ahead and have corruption and, and kill each other and oppress each other, and and you're going to have kings and leaders that oppress you and kill you and are corrupt, I'm going to let that happen. I'm going to let you kill each other. You're going to end up chopping up the land, each one cutting down the other. I'm not going to save you. If you if you have corrupt leaders and you follow in the corrupt ways, I'm not going to save you, God says. And I, if that's what happens, I will shepherd. But God is telling Zechariah, right? I want you to do it. However, if you don't, and they have corrupt leaders, and the people follow the corrupt leaders, then I will be the one that has to, to be the shepherd, says God. And what's going to... It is true. Lachain here means a language of truth. If you see the, the commentaries over here, the commentaries generally uh, translate Lachain. Rashi says, emet It is true. Uh, so I'm, I'm following in the line of Rashi, the Mitzudos and others. It is true that they are the most impoverished of sheep. And therefore, I will be their ro'eh. And when I am their ro'eh, how do I judge them? How do I lead them? I have two sticks. I take two staffs. I take lo'achad karasi no'am. And there's different translations of this. I'm going to translate them in the most simple, basic way. One of those sticks I call Noam. Noam is a sweetness. Noam is 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 is, is beautiful. Noam 
is also translated sometimes as favor. And one of them, and I'm parting ways with many of the translators here, a chovel, I'm translating as one who oppresses, one who punishes, one who whips. As a chovel, chovlim means the other stick I'm calling punishments. So I have one stick, it's the carrot and stick method, although in God's case it's two sticks. One stick is Noam, the one that I lead them in a nice, sweet way, and I give them rewards. In other words, when they do good, the achas karasi chovlim, and the other one I call uh, is my whip, is the one with which I lead, but I lead with with harshness, with punishments. Voeres atzon, and then God says, I will then be the one that leads the sheep. When I do that, if I have to take over because the leadership failed. Remember, as we've seen in Zechariah several times until now, there's three prongs to the leadership. There's the leadership, um, the political leadership, the king, and in this case, that is the Zerubbabel, who is the potential king. We've seen Zechariah refer to the other type of leadership, which is the priesthood, and Yehoshua <coughs> was representative of the priesthood. And then, of course, Zechariah himself, the prophet, who was the spiritual leader, the one who taught Torah to the people, the one who taught God's will. So, And I shall, and I'm going to read this in future tense. A lot of the, uh, the Mepharshim explain that this is referring to past tense. However, in actuality, if we read this properly, um, is in the future. I will destroy I will destroy the three leaders in one month because all three of those branches have been corrupt. My patience with them will be minimal. And they themselves have been disgusted with me. In other words, it's been a mutual disgust. They have been corrupt and they are not interested in me and I have lost patience with them and therefore I am going to take over and lead instead of them. God is telling Zechariah this. Remember, I need you to lead because if you don't, this is what's going to happen. Omar, And then I said, so there, when, when I saw these corrupt leaders, I said, Lo I don't want to be your, 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 um, your, I don't want to be your role. I don't want to be your leader. Just let me leave you guys alone. Let me just let you guys to your own corrupt devices. The whoever is going to die because you guys are going to kill each other, go ahead, die. And whoever is going to be destroyed, go ahead and be destroyed. And whoever's left, Whoever's not lost, whoever's not dead, whoever's not destroyed, you can each eat each other up. Each person, you can go destroy each other. Why should I be interested in you? You had three corrupt leaders and you followed in their bad ways. What am I interested for, God says. But then, so therefore, so I took my stick at Noam. I took my sweet stick, the one which I wanted to use to lead you in a sweet and nice and beautiful way and reward you for your good behavior, looking at you. So I cracked it. Because my intent was, my thought was, God says, to take away my covenant. I'm not interested in you anymore. That berit, that covenant that I made with all the nations of the world. God is making clear that the covenant he made with the Jewish people was not a covenant he made with the Jewish people. 
only, but it was a covenant that he made at Kol Hamim with all of the nations of the world because the point of the covenant with the Jewish people has had been pounded into our minds ever since we started together studying the, the, the words of the prophets over and over again. The point is not that there should be a covenant between God and the Jewish people, but that that covenant should then therefore be spread and taught El Kol Hamim to all the nations. And God says, you know what? You messed it up. I'm not interested in this covenant anymore. Ki'ilu, this is kaviyahol, as they say, as if God is saying, as if I said, you know what? No more good me, no more good stick, no more good staff, no more pleasant me. Forget this promise, forget this brit. But to far by Yomahu, and on that day, the bris, the covenant went away. Does this mean that God actually let the covenant go away? No, God is saying that. This is how I felt. This is what I wanted. This we see this again repeatedly. We see the language of of sar, it's almost sarcasm, but it's not sarcasm here. It's kind of um, saying, "Let that covenant go away." And then, when when that covenant was annulled, then those people, those the the new. They then knew who, which people, those impoverished sheep, those that guard and keep their relationship with me. I saw God said, I saw the innocent, I saw the aniye, I saw the impoverished. I, and ani is the humble one. Remember, was the was the humble man coming to lead. That was the Messiah. The aniye the humble ones of the sheep, that guard their relationship with me. I saw them. Then I realized that this was the word of God. What, but over here it's saying, those that guard me, they, they, what does it mean they guarded me? This is God talking. That they knew and understood that this was the word of God. They knew and understood that the Torah, that the teachings are the word of God. God says, I saw them and then I realized that I have to keep that covenant because what happens? Omar alayhim. And then I said to them, this is God speaking. I know in some of the commentaries they read this as if this is the prophet speaking, but I've been consistently reading Omar. This is the prophet saying what God says. So I told them, what did I tell the people? This is not Zechariah saying to the people. people. I think this is a big mistake. This is God saying to the people, you are the Aniyehatzon, you are the humble ones. You are the humble ones of those sheep that I am supposed to be, I, God, am supposed to be the Rohe of because there are no human beings able to take that leadership. So if that's the case, give me what it is that I'm looking for, pay me. And what does this mean, pay me? Is God asking for money? <laughs> well, it almost sounds like. And if you're not ready to pay me, then get out of here, leave. Do you really want to be my people? Then show me that you're worth it. Do something, God says. Show me that you're worth it. And they paid me off 30 silver pieces. Where do we find 30 silver pieces in the Torah? We find 30 silver pieces in one very important place. If someone allows, if someone kills the, uh, if someone allows their animal to, and doesn't watch their animal carefully and the animal gores and damages and kills another person's servant, another person's evid, another person's slave, then the price of the slave is 30 silver pieces. Shloshim Kosef, 30 silver pieces. Those 30 silver pieces must be paid to reimburse 
the owner. So what does it mean when it says here that the people went and they paid God, so to speak, the price of 30 pieces of silver? Again, I know that a lot of the commentaries understand this, that they paid the, the Navi, the prophet. I think that's wrong, and I'm saying a, a different understanding here, but Omar, it's still consistent with God speaking here. But Omar, and I said, God says, if pay me off, what does it mean that the people, it means that the people realize and understand that they themselves, they themselves are the, the servants of God, right? So the people realize, God says, I took away your leaders. I took away those people. So the people paid me for that because they, by following the leaders and by allowing themselves to be corrupt, they, they, they allowed themselves to, um, um, they, they allowed a situation where God took, had to take his servants away. The people were redeeming themselves. They were redeeming themselves because they viewed themselves as servants of God. That is why it says, When the people paid off God, what did they pay him? They said, I am a servant of God. I'm going to pay him 30 pieces of silver. In other words, I am going to, not, of course, they don't pay God. There's no way to pay God. But they came to God and they said, I am your Evid. I am your servant. Here, me, I am your 30 pieces of silver. Because that is the value in the Torah of a slave. Now, in verse 13, we finish God saying, the words of God being spoken by his prophet Zechariah, now Zechariah steps in and says, Vayomer Adonai Eli, and God spoke to me. So now we, we revert to Zechariah speaking by himself. And Zechariah says, Hashlichayu el hayotzer eder hayakar. What do I want you to do? I want you to throw that money. Take those people that just offered themselves as servants. I want you to deposit it, to, to throw it into the yotzer that 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 precious Eder it was the language that was used for the Adirim, the powerful ones. This is these are the precious, powerful people. I want you to put them into my treasury. That's what I want in my treasury. That that precious value of these Eder, these people, the poor people, the humble people to take place of the ones that I said before. Remember if you go back to the beginning of this chapter, who were the Adarim in Vapiti Kishudido Adar Tom. These were the, in verse 2 it said, Kinafal Erez Asher Adirim Shudadu. Those Adirim were talking about those corrupt leaders, the corrupt leaders of Lebanon that were being destroyed. But these are the Eder Hayakar. These are the truly precious Eder, the truly precious powerful ones. Asher Yokarti Mi'alehem. That I made them more precious and more valuable. These Aniyeh Hatzon, they're more valuable Mi'alehem than them, than the other ones. So I took those 30 pieces. Remember, now this is Zechariah speaking because this verse made it clear. I took those 30 pieces of silver, meaning I took this Eder Hayakar, I took these precious people of Ashlichoto Beit and I sent them to the house of God to the treasury. And I said, Yes, you are now part of my treasury. This is the treasure that God finds precious. What if we look back at the words of Zechariah himself? at um, the end of chapter 9 
What is it that God finds valuable? What is it that God finds beautiful? Young men, young women that are ready to serve God. This is what he finds valuable. And these are the ones that God wants us to put in that bait in the treasury. And then what does God do? Now that I have this, now then I destroyed it. Now it's God speaking again. My second staff. Because God was talking about the staff. This is now God speaking again. The staff of punishment. And why did I break my second staff? Because now that the people are ready, now I am ready to destroy the staff with which I mete out punishments. The staff of Chovlim. Because because now I am ready not to get rid of my Brit, not to get rid of my covenant with the people, but I'm getting rid of that brotherhood, Ben Yehuda Ben Yisrael, that existed in the previous temple between Judah and Israel. What does it mean to get rid of that brotherhood? Brotherhood is something that's good. We shouldn't want to get rid of it. But however, we the Mefarshim and the Radak and others, and I'm following their lead, say that that Achva, that brotherhood that existed between Judah and Israel, was the idol worship that they both both uh, participated in. That was the bond that they had. They were both together in their corruption. That is how fair. Now I'm ready to get rid of my Chovlim, my punishments, because I'm ready to get rid of that which created that bond of corruption that bond of, of, of um, disgusting behavior that existed between Judah and Israel that led, unfortunately, to the first destruction of the Beis HaMidrash, of, of, uh, of the temple. And now that God is the one who is the Ro'eh, now it makes a lot of sense what we're going to read in the next three verses, in the last three verses of this chapter. Vayomer Adonai Eli, God now says to me, Zechariah says the Navi, now I want you, Zechariah, to take for yourself the, the um, vessels of a foolish shepherd. What does it mean, the vessels of a foolish shepherd? God says in verse 16, I am going to establish, God says, yes, I just said that I am going to be the roa. I am going to establish a roa. Now this is often looked upon as the shepherd, the Mashiach, the Messiah himself, who is going to be the Ro'eh Ba'aretz. But this also could mean, I am going to establish myself, as I just said, as the Ro'eh Ba'aretz, God is saying. I will be the Ro'eh in the land. Or it could mean that he will establish a Messiah, a king. Either one is a reasonable interpretation of this verse. And that, that could be now. Hanikhados lo yifkod hana'ar lo that, that in this case, this new shepherd will no longer, uh, um, uh, he will not um, uh, uh, lose or destroy the dis- destroyed ones. And Hanar and the, the um, Loyivakesh, and he will not start to look for the ones that was no air. No air means the, uh, moved away from the other ones. Uh, in this case, it's not referring to a nar, a youth, but it's referring to linor. Neor is to shake or to move away from the others. So he will not search for the lost. He will not heal the injured uh, uh, ones. And the ones that require more food, he will not give to them. He will 
feast on the f- eat the flesh of the healthy ones with parseyani farek and break off their hooves. Because now God is saying, I'm going to. Um, I, I kind of made a mistake. I, I want to um, uh, reread the, this this verse. I apologize. God is talking about the future. If you remember when I introduced this chapter, God is talking about the future when He will destroy those who do not humble themselves before God. God already said. He already told us He's going to be the leader. He's going to be the roeh. Now He's saying, I am going to establish another roeh. Right who is going to punish those who do not, the, not the aniye hatzon, but the, not the, the, the humble ones of the sheep that we were talking about before, but the ones who are not humble. And this ro'eh is going to punish those who do not humble themselves before God. Hoi ro'i ho'elil. Woe is the, my, my shepherd, the shepherd, the, the useless shepherd, ozve hatzon, the one who abandons the sheep. Those, I'm going to destroy those. There will be a sword upon his arm. In other words, this is a sword attacking his arm, not a sword that he's holding in his arm. And that sword will come against his right eye. His arm, instead of being strong and powerful, will wither away. And his eyes, his right eye, will get weak and be unable to see. And it's saying, in that day, I will destroy those who do not humble themselves, but I will reward and I will bring close to me those who do. Thank you so much for studying Zechariah chapter 11. Looking forward to studying Zechariah chapter 12. And of course, the entire book, beautiful book of Zechariah together.